0: Ksuvas perk Base Mishnah 25, another case of Hapesha Usrahu Hapesha And here we're talking about a woman regarding her marital status. So the general rules are that number one, a woman is assumed to be available to marry unless you no know to the contrary. But number two, once a woman is known to have been an Aceus-ish, she already had been married before. So then she will not be permitted to marry somebody else until she can evidence that she is no longer married meaning with a witness or with a a uh, a get and so on. So here we're going to have a case of a pesha asr a pesha hitter. We have a woman who is going to both confirm that she had been married, but also that she is now divorced. Now again, pesha asr hua pesha hiter works when, if the woman had said, if the person in question, the peh, the mouth, was giving the information, had said nothing, we would have followed course of action A, so then, if this person is saying um, something's forbidden, which would lead you to say, you know, it's something follow a course of action B, but don't do that because of some other reason. So we're back to returning to A. Um, that's a scenario where we'd say a pesha asru pesha itter. Again, where if they would have said nothing at all, we would have anyways allowed it. So here in our case, we have a mishnah where ha'isha Shaamra, the woman says ish I was a married woman. So now she's taken her out of the category of. Woman who can marry anybody and now she's saying um that she was married which makes her now be required to prove that she is no longer married before she can marry somebody else ani, but she also testifies to us that she is now divorced The Mishnah says she's believed Because again The only reason why we'd in the first place Presume to restrict her from marrying somebody Is because of what she said And what she's saying is I have been married but no longer I'm now divorced So we do believe her Um, Again she owns the information Because without her saying anything We would have let her marry anyways There is a bit of a discussion uh, Regarding how much time is allowed to elapse Between Um, When she first says she is married, and then later on says, oh, but now I'm divorced. Uh, Meaning, for example, if she says, I'm married, and then six months later she wants to marry somebody else, she says, oh, I I was married, but I'm divorced, um, if we'd accept that. Um, At all events, the Gemara says we would accept a case um, where the woman has what's called an amasla. She has a, a good explanation for why she only gave us partial information. So, for example, a woman comes to town, she's important, she's beautiful, all the men are after her, and she just isn't being left alone. So she says, listen, I'm a Kodesh, I'm already engaged, I'm you know married to somebody else, committed to somebody else. Um, so now leave her alone. Six months later, she gets married to someone in town, and they say, wait a second, I thought you were Mukudesh to somebody else. She says, and this is her amasla, her explanation is, yeah, I said that because I needed everyone to leave me alone. But now that I've chosen someone to marry, I want to marry them. And I'm hapesha asr hupesha hitter. I'm the only one who told you I was married. And I'm telling you, that's not really true. Or that I'm divorced. Um, in such a scenario, in such scenarios, so then again, she would, she would be bleep. In contrast, what is clear is if a woman says, I'm married, and then she says, No, I'm not married after all, I never was married, that we would not believe um, unless she said those two things, toch de you know, one immediately after the other, just a few seconds of one and the two um, pieces of information that she gave to the court. But if she says she's married today and then tomorrow, she can't take it back and say she's not after all. That we wouldn't believe. Um, again, without a legitimate amasla that explains why she did what she did. Now. Misha continues and says, If there were witnesses who confirmed this woman had been married before, and maybe she's still married now, for all we know, so then, even if she says, Yeah, I was married, but now I'm divorced, she won't be believed, because she no longer has the Pesha She, The Pesha Asr, the testimony which is making her forbidden to marry somebody else, are these other witnesses? Meaning, without her saying anything, we would not allow her to get married. So now she can't say she owns the information and believe her that she's divorced. No, to the contrary, we don't believe she is eligible to marry somebody else until she gives proof that she is divorced by bringing witnesses or, or a get. Interestingly, um, that's true even if, let's say, for example, what happens if she says she she is the the first case of the Mishnah. She says, "I had been married, but now I'm divorced." She's the Pesha aster and the Pesha Heter, so therefore we let her get married. Then comes, five years later, witnesses that say, wait a second, that woman, she's still married to Mr. A in the other town from which she came. So now, we'd believe those witnesses, if she has no evidence to the contrary, and we would force her to get divorced from her second uh, would-be husband because she's not allowed to be married to him. Okay, that would be the din in such a scenario here, um, where she sort of loses her status of being the Pesha aster even much later because other people come and give us that information. Now, we'll contrast that to the next case, the Mishnah, which is um, a question about a woman being held captive by Gentiles. So the rule is that a woman who is held captive by Gentiles, we assume that they violated her, and she is now no longer allowed to be married to a Kohen. Um, that assumption is just based on a chashash, a rabbinic concern, that uh, this happens oftentimes. Um, indeed, more often than not, we'll assume that she actually wasn't taken advantage of, because a woman... Um, makes an effort that shouldn't happen, of course. Um, But uh, since there is still a significant concern, so we will, we will, um, rabbinically, unless they have information to the contrary, we will not let a woman who is held captive now go and marry a Kohen. So this woman says, Amra Nishbasi, she says, you should know that I actually was held captive earlier in my life, and therefore now the pendulum swings, that's a Pesha Asr, that's a reason not to allow her to marry a Kohen. But ani. But I'm totally tahora, meaning nothing happened to me And I'm still eligible to marry a Cohen Nothing happened to me by the the Gentiles So then, Ne'emanis, she's again believed Because she had pesha asr, who had pesha hitter The only information we have is her information She owns it If she said nothing, we would have let her marry a Cohen So the fact that she said she had been held captive Which would make us think she shouldn't marry a Cohen um, Can be negated by the fact she assures us that nothing happened at all She's the pesha asr and the pesha hitter But, vimeesh edem base. if other independent witnesses say that she had been held captive. So now she no longer has the Pesha Asra. They do. Therefore she loses her privileged position. Meaning without her testimony, we wouldn't let her get married. Even with her testimony, we don't let her get married because of this rabbinic enactment. And therefore, even if she protests and says, yeah, but nothing happened, she's not believed. Now, that said, if she went ahead, after being the only person giving testimony, meaning based on the first line of this, this second, you know, based on the first part of the Mishnah, where she is the Peshassar and the Peshitar. She says, I was held captive, but uh, nothing happened. So we let her get married, says the Mishnah. And then, Bo Adam and then the afterwards witnesses come and say, uh, she was held captive, but she's already married. She's happily married to a Kohen in the meantime here we don't make her get divorced from her husband in contrast the first case the Mishnah where we said if the witnesses come later we would force her to get married from her it, second husband because um, she's concerned she's an to H- the first here we don't force her to get married di- get, excuse me get divorced from the Cohen, even though we have witnesses that say she was held captive so she lost her pesha Aseru pesha it's her status and the reason why is because the prohibition of a woman who had been held captive to marry a Kohen is only a chashash midraban; It's rabbinic concern, but only a rabbinic concern. And therefore the rabbis were lenient and said, listen, we have a concern, and therefore such a woman shouldn't marry a Kohen from the outset. But once she's married to him, we're not going to break up the marriage over that, um, just because these you know, witnesses came and said she was held captive. Who says, even if she was held captive, fine, who says that she was violated? Uh, we don't know that, and we can assume that she wasn't, because well, there's a chashash that she was Um, since women make their effort, of course, not to be violated, so then we'll rely on her that nothing happened. Truth is, says the Gemara, that this would be true even if she hadn't yet gotten married. Once the the bezin and she could marry a Cohen, then that becomes her legal status, and even if later on witnesses come to say she had been held captive, um, then we still let her marry a Cohen. All that is true, of course, where the witnesses who are coming are only testifying she was held captive. They know nothing more. Certainly if they testify that she had been violated by the Gentiles, then of course she has a status of being a zona. and even if she's been married for 10 years and has a beautiful family with this cohen, we force her to get divorced because it's us or for a zona a woman who's you know, slept with a gentile, even against her will, to stay married to a cohen.